Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Nick Johnstone. And today on the show, we are once again joined by Nick Johnstone, who is a developer investor in Christchurch. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about something that when I first heard of it, was was a bit of a curious endeavour, um, but I think makes a lot of sense. It is as is property development. Now, if you are in Christchurch, you'll know all of this and understand what it is. Um, but a lot of my friends in Auckland haven't haven't heard about this. This is where uh, a lot of properties were damaged within the the. Christchurch earthquakes uh, that happened earlier this decade, and there are a whole heap of properties that are no longer fit for sale. Some of them are probably still lived in, uh, and, and uh, by the people who already owned them, but you can't resell them without bringing them back up to code. And that is where there are uh, a number of developer investors who go around acquiring these properties and bringing them back up so that they can uh, be bought and sold on the the open market. And I think this is such a valuable service that's provided by these developer investors. Um, uh, for the city really. So what we're going to do within this episode is walk through a case study, walk through some of the numbers behind one of Nick's uh, as-is projects. But just just to start us off, Nick, how do you get involved within this as-is market? A friend of mine in Christchurch is in the lending business, second-tier lending business, and he had people coming to him asking for loans to do projects which were repairing earthquake-damaged properties in Christchurch. And he said I should move down, so I moved down to around 2011, 2012, something like that. I think the amazing thing about this, uh, that, that people outside of Christchurch probably um, will, will probably be surprised to hear, is that there are still properties that haven't been brought up to code uh, nearing on a decade after these, these earthquakes happened. What are some of the reasons that they, they haven't all been repaired yet? Uh, it was a, an enormous event, and New Zealand hadn't dealt with one that scale for a, for a very long time. So probably underestimation on how long it would take to go through the process, but there's also disputes about between insurer and property owner being one one main reason. And another is there's defective works done by the, the, the EQC programme where properties are coming onto the market and people are putting professionals through on the buy side to do a builder's report and they're finding defects. So all of those are revi- being revisited. And if, and if I understand this right as well, there are a number of homeowners who, who own these properties who have been paid out by insurance companies um, and, and and have still been living there, um, you know, reasonably happy one would assume, uh, and are now looking to, to move move on from that. They don't want to go through the repairs themselves and they can't sell it on the open market? No, you can. But if it's sold on the open market and it has earthquake defects... So there's a technicality around getting insurance for a buyer or a question around it, then it affects the price of, and the value of the dwelling. And so your standard owner-occupier isn't, typically isn't willing to take that risk? Yes and no, you see it all. Interesting. So you, you, before we started recording, we quickly ran through one of the projects that, you were, um, that, that you've recently done. Do you want to walk us through roughly the, the economics of it, the, the, you know, uh, what you bought it for, the kind of expenses that you're uh, anticipating you'll, you'll, you'll spend on it, uh, and then what, what you're thinking you'll sell it for? Yeah, so talking in simplistic terms, there are many variables in the answers game. So if you're beginning, there are many, many variables. But if you've been in it a long time, the the, the skill levels and the and the experience circles have, have tightened and got a lot better. So you can specifically identify with high probability what, what type of house will be in the in the sweet spot for repairing. And then it's a matter of of looking at what it's worth on the open market, 
with your repair costs and then working back to a, an acceptable purchase price. And, and for me, I, I like to put in 100,000 net margin because there are variables in, in, the, in the construction side of it and the repair side of it, but right now the, the biggest variable is what the end value is going to be because the, the range deviation from the, from the uh, regist- uh, rateable value and the time on the market are a lot more unknown than what they were three years ago. Very interesting. So in this case, uh, I know that you were you bought this property for about four hundred k. Yep. And the expenses you're anticipating you'll spend on this budget was fifty five fifty fifty five, but it'll it'll be effectively be sixty. Cool. So we've got about four hundred and sixty k of expenses, and we're anticipating uh, what's what sort of re- return are you looking at? What are you going to sell it for? Do you well, the appraisal is four three five four five five four three five to four six four five k. 635 to 645k. Working back with a with a, a safer estimate, 600,000 was the figure we'd use for planning. Okay, so I've got 635 on my, on my bit of paper, which I've done the sums for, so we'll go run with that. So if we've spent 460k um, on, on purchasing the property, doing it up, we're going to sell it for 635. That is a uh, total... Um, Total total of 175k margin in there. Now, of course, we've got to factor in selling costs uh, at four percent. That might be about 25k, which gives us 150k uh, of total margin on this project. But that's not what you walk away with, is it? No, you've got GST and taxation to take off your margin, and then interest costs and time on the market costs for the, for the interest is what can erode it away. So. That's why 100 is a, a good a good planning figure, but that's 100 working off a accurate appraisal, then scale back to a uh, some some risk margin into a into a likely outcome of, of net sales. Yes, yes, yes. So we've got a hundred, say 150k worth of margin there. We take 20k off for GST, which is the 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 15 percent there. That gives you 130. Of course, that's going to be taxed, mm-hmm. so that might be 33 percent odd. Um, that take that might take you down to I don't know seventy eighty k, uh, and then of course those interest costs, and that's when you've be, you've you've had the project financed, and it might have I think in this how long was this project again that you were you were aiming for? It's a six to eight week construction program, but then you can have Christmas in between, and you have hold us for sale, or you have few contracts that don't go through, so you're back to the start. So three to six months is is this, is the time frame that you'd plan. So if your interest costs it. At ten percent on four hundred thousand per per annum, that's you know, that's about forty k per yeah, annum. Yeah. So you take it back, that might be so about twenty k. Yeah. So so twenty k if it's six months, ten k if it's if it's if it's three months. And so if we took that hundred and thirty k, we took we took off that um that the 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 income tax. We said oh did I, somewhere, somewhere about eighty k. Let's just say don't have a calculator in front of me. Take off some some interest costs. Say that's another twenty k. That takes you down to sixty sixty k. Now there are probably a lot of people thinking, well, sixty k is quite good for 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 about six months worth of a development uh, development project. But is this pretty standard because we're, de- we're because we're dealing with um, w- with big numbers anyway in property? That's perhaps what you'd you'd expect to 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 get from many development projects, perhaps. Yeah, real net margin is is, is oft, often the unexciting part for someone when they actually back cost a back cost a job. But if you're making a real 60, 75 to sixty thousand net margin on, on a job of, of that sort of outlay, you're going well. 
Fantastic. And I think that you're absolutely right that when often when um, we're talking with property investors who are looking at their different options, and it's similar to the last episode we recorded, uh, that it can get be, be really exciting to look at what would probably call the vanity metrics. The metrics where you, you, you add up all your expenses, you, you look at what you sold the property for, and you think, gosh, that's, that's a massive number. In this case, it was 175k. Uh, but when you take that 175k out and you take off the sales costs, the interest costs, the GST, the income tax, and we say, well, it might be about 60k in that case. Well, 60k, I, I'd admit, is, is still something to get excited about. But then you look at, at what you, um, the capital that you 60K risked. 60k after tax on that job, that's a good result. If, yeah, if you were to add 20,000 back on pre-tax, 80,000 is a good net profit for a job like that. Fantastic. And then once you add that up again against the, the capital that you that you'd invested, the time you'd put into it as well, then. Um, I think it's important that people really understand what goes into a, to a, to a development, the, the risks that there are, the capital that you've risked, and all of these sorts of things as well. Well, what was 10 years ago an unknown business for the most part, this side of the world, has now become popular and in some cases particularly specialised business like, like construction in the new market. You've got two, three, four, five top operators who do a lot of volume and do a, a consistent result most of the time, and you've got the same now in the as-is market. You've got many smaller players, many people who are having a go, but maybe don't don't have it anywhere nearly as nearly as tight as four or five big operators who've got all of their all of their processes tight, and they make consistent good margins. And I can imagine that you're probably one of them, even from from discussing with you over these, um, you know, the last couple of episodes, uh, the accuracy of the numbers and knowing how how they all work out, I think, is particularly impressive. Now, what are the risks as well that we talked about just before we hit the record button um, was that we do see some people trying to play in the as-is market, but they're absent investors. They might be in Auckland or Wellington, and I imagine that this is a massive risk as well for something that is such a, a tight project. Yeah, they're very, they're very set process to go through, and they're changing all the time. And as the real estate market softens a little bit in Christchurch, the on the buy side, it's a lot more protracted with building report process and far more variables being picked up on the sell side than what they were three years ago so now you have to be very careful on margins. I think that's a good lesson for, for all investors. Now Nick I want to thank you for coming along and uh, talking with us about development for the last two, two episodes and, and uh, some of the intricacies around different things that, that developer investors can do and, and, and as is operators as well. Um, where can people find out more about, I imagine, about your projects, if, if anything, online? I'm not sure if you, you... They're not online at all. No. They're under the radar. Well, you can't find anything about Nick online, but you can find a lot about Opus Partners. So if you want to uh, learn about property with Andrew and I, why not sign up for our free Property Investor video course? Or we also, the one I didn't mention in the previous episode, is at our recently released first home video course. Now, this has a special launch price of $9, down from $99, and is available at Opus First Home. That's O-P-E-S First Home So go and sign up for that there. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It really does does help us to get the message out to more people. But until next time. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Nick Gilstone. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily insights, strategies and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.